0: Listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Please stand with me as we read the words of our Lord as written in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 and 13 to 17. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized him in the Baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Okay, so uh, glad everyone's here this morning, Daylight Savings, uh, surprised I made it on time last weekend uh, because three in the morning, I don't know whether you call that Saturday night or Sunday morning, I guess it was Sunday morning, three o'clock, my phone goes off and it starts giving me this alarm and in you know, my half-awake state, I jump up, I look at it and it's a weather update. And I'm like, wow, you woke me up at three o'clock to give me a weather announcement? And then I notice I'm also hearing the sirens going off outside our house, like the warning alarm. Anyone else get that alarm? Yeah. So I'm there at 3 a.m. I'm like, great, okay, a tornado. The bed is warm. What's the likelihood of a tornado in Indianapolis in the beginning of March? And But the sirens are going off, and it's saying seek shelter. So I considered my options, and I made an important decision I said, blah, and I put the phone down, pulled the covers over my head, turned off the light, and went to bed grumbling about alarms that I didn't want. Uh, You guys can uh, grab me afterwards and let me know what you did, if you got that alarm, uh, if you went to the crawl space or the basement. But, uh, you know, when I made that decision, I was really basically just kind of saying, "Ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But what I was really kind of saying is, I don't think those people really know what they're talking about. I'm a much better judge of the situation than the weather authorities and the people in charge of the community siren, right? Uh, Any of you do anything like that? Ignore the flashing light on the dashboard, you know, until the car stops running or, uh, you know, yell at Google Maps, you don't know what you're talking about, or uh, you ignore Uh, or talk back to that small, still voice inside of you sometimes, that nagging doubt that, I'm not sure this is right, or I don't really know if that's what's going on, but you silence it. Uh, We we tend to tell ourselves, I think, yeah, it's not that bad. Things will probably work out, especially if it's 3 a.m. and the bed is warm and the basement is cold and 20 feet away. We don't We don't want the hassle of checking it out to find out if it might be true, and we don't want the interruption, and especially we don't want to have to do something about it if there's the likelihood that it's going to be a problem that I can't easily fix. Those are the kinds of things that we like to ignore and push off to the side. And I think that's where we come to this passage in Matthew 3 and this prophet John saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, that grabs our attention. It was meant to grab people's attention. And repent, we'll talk a little bit more about in detail. It means more than just be sorry for or even change your mind. It's, it's echoing the Old Testament prophet's call to turn away from our disobedience and come back into paths of covenant faithfulness to God. It's a warning. It's an opportunity. It's an invitation. It's a call for action. I think what John is getting at and Matthew's getting at here in recording this is that God is providing the rescue that we don't want to need. There's a rescue that we need, John is saying, but he's also acknowledging we don't really want to need that rescue. The rescue that John is talking about is is in his message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means the establishment of God's righteousness, his rule on earth, and peace, and justice, and wholeness, that everything will be the way it should. It's the age of the Messiah. And that time, John says, is now. It's come. It is at hand. It's here. And he's saying something much more important than all the stuff we often get our lives wrapped up around. More important than warnings on the dashboard, more more significant than alarms about weather situations. Something much more important than all of that is here, now, today. And it's available to everyone who will receive it, but only to those who admit they need it. That's kind of what this season of Lent that we're in leading up to Easter is about. It's a season... Of inviting God to remind us of the rescue that we need and why we need it and how He provides it. If you haven't already, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. Uh, it's page six, 960 of these uh, black Bibles in the seats underneath in front of you or your phone or whatever you use to access God's Word. Matthew chapter 3. John is saying here that He is only a messenger. He's not the message. He's not the important thing. The important thing is the one that he is preparing the way for, the one that he is sort of announcing in advance. He's pointing to Jesus, and especially, I think, to this message in verse 17. As Jesus is baptized and he comes up out of the water, the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved Son. With whom I am well pleased, Matthew is encouraging us again, remember, to ask ourselves where do we hear that language? What does that make us think of? One thing that may come to mind that I think John uh, John that uh, John has in mind pointing us to Jesus as he hears that language is back in Psalm two, this uh, psalm about the royal son of David, who's also the son of God. These words, the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage. The ends of the earth will be your possession. There's this divine king who rules over everything, who rules over all nations and peoples and That also means he's going to rule over you and me. The problem is, I'm not sure I want a king to rule over me. Honestly, there's a good part of me that would like to be the king and have people to rule. I'm not looking for a king. I'm really looking for a servant, if I'm being honest. But uh, there's a problem with that. We need good leaders. We need good leadership, and I don't make a very good leader. And the other problem we may have with this is that some of us may have experienced really abusive, authoritarian, domineering leadership, in a sense, of being under someone's thumb who who took a position of authority and used it to abuse and control. But we need good leaders. In fact, more than that, we need the good leader. And I think... Matthew is pointing us to this, that God provides the ruler that we don't want to need. We need a ruler, but there's a part of us that doesn't want to acknowledge that we need that ruler. You know, we're watching in real time, of course, a a horrible war unfold in Ukraine, an unjust invasion of another country. And among all the other Things that we're seeing and experiencing and responding to in some ways, it's a model of different kinds of leadership. On the one hand, you have a totalitarian leader of Russia, who has a position of authority and is using it to oppress and to lie and to manipulate, to control, to take advantage of, to threaten. to to exercise his authority in brutality and ruthlessness, and at the same time, we see modeled in President Zelensky a kind of leadership that is inspiring because it's selfless, it's courageous, it, it speaks to the best part of ourselves, the things that we want to be like, courage and bravery and faithfulness and self-sacrifice on behalf of something bigger than ourselves. Now, I'm definitely not saying that you know, this is a, a example of you know, Putin being Satan and Zelensky being a godlike figure at all. Zelensky is a man like any of us. He's certainly not sinless and he's not even claiming the name of Christ. But I think we could say that all good exercise of authority in some way is reflecting what Jesus' kingship is like. That there's a selflessness, a faithfulness, a goodness, a compassion to it. And John is pointing us to Jesus as the one who is the Son, who's the King. And back in Psalm 2, in this messianic king is being invited we're being invited by god to kiss the son to embrace him to lay hold of him to grab onto him and identify with him as the king that we need as the good king that we need there's a good news in that because the world is broken the world is a mess Not just in Ukraine, but Myanmar and Lebanon and Syria, Algeria and China and our own nation and our own communities and our own families. All the systems and rules and laws and places of authority, they're broken. And Matthew through John is pointing to Jesus as the one who says, Help is on the way, there will be justice. There is a king who will rule in righteousness, and that's good news that calls us to acknowledge him as the king, as king over our lives. The the response is to embrace him, to submit to him, as much as we hate that word, because we're all going to submit to someone, and I don't make a very good king, and neither do you. And that's part of what Jesus is coming to solve for us, to be the ruler that we don't want to need, but we need. And, and that idea of submitting is, it, it rankles us. It, 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 you know, it's like rubbing fur the wrong way. But remember what kind of king Jesus is. He's a king who rules with grace and kindness and mercy. A king who exercises authority for our ultimate good out of love and kindness. The covenant king is going to exercise justice and rule rightly. It's good news to be under his rule. It's good news for those who trust in him because it brings peace and confidence. Where else do we hear that language of, you are my son? Remember we saw last week, uh, looking at Matthew chapter 2, this echo back to Hosea 11 and this message of Hosea saying out of Egypt I called my son but the more they were called the more they went away Israel was called God's son that's an echo in fact back to Exodus 4 too when God calls Moses and sends him to Pharaoh and Moses says what am I supposed to say to him and God says tell Pharaoh." Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. What I think John is getting at here is that we are called to reflect what God is like as sons and daughters made in his image. As God's children, we're, we're meant to be his representatives here on earth. And God is providing the representative, again, that I don't want to need because I don't make a very good representative of what God is like. Adam and Eve blew that calling, right? They they messed it up, but God did not give up. He called Abraham and he said, okay, Abraham, I'm I'm setting you aside. I'm calling you to be my representative on earth. And And through you and your offspring, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And Abraham and Moses and David and all of the offspring failed. And you and I stand in line with them because I don't make a good representative of God on earth. I'm part of that story of failing to reflect what God is like. I was uh, running a little bit late to church this morning. Uh, I was coming down uh, Westfield and getting ready to turn onto 91st Street, and uh, there was this van in front of me that was not going as fast as it needed to go. And uh, I was just about to, you know, pull up really close to that van and, uh, you know, maybe debated flashing the brights at him, And then I thought, I bet they're going to turn on 91st Street. This is going to be a really bad look if I'm tailgating someone and, you know, like trying to swerve around them and then they pull into the church parking lot. Not a good look for the pastor, right? And then I thought, what difference does it make whether they're going to church or not? And then I thought, what difference does it make whether I'm a pastor or not? I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm, I'm called a child of God. I'm called to represent him to everyone in this world, whether or not I have some vocational role, or whether or not they're Christians. John and Jesus are inviting us to recognize the ways that we don't make very good representatives. We don't represent God very well, and I need a better representative. Jesus is the anointed one. He's the Messiah John is pointing us towards. He is the one who faithfully represents God in all the ways that I don't, and it's an invitation for us to reflect on the ways that I don't make a very good representative. Because there's something going on here with Jesus' baptism that that this passage is about. Jesus goes to John, and John says, wait, I, I need to be baptized by you. You're coming to me, and Jesus doesn't correct him. Jesus doesn't say, "Yeah, you're right, but you know, let's just go through it." No, he's he's acknowledging. No, I don't need to be baptized by you, but we will do this to fulfill all righteousness. Commentators go back and forth exactly, you know, various things that that means. I, I think the the best way of understanding this is Jesus is obeying in our place. He is doing the right thing to accomplish God's purposes. In fact, he is identifying with us as sinful people in need of washing and renewal even though he himself does not need it. See, this is this is important and it's it's good news. Jesus baptized. Jesus is baptized in a way to Make it possible for us to hear, for us, what Jesus heard for himself. The approval of God the Father. Jesus is baptized to fulfill all righteousness, and the Father says, This is my Son, the one I love, and I am pleased with him. And most commentators see a connection here between uh, this voice and uh, Isaiah 42, the, the servant song. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Matthew wants us to see Jesus is the beloved son who is also the suffering servant and and draw those connections to everything that God says about what that servant will do and who he is and what he will accomplish. All these separate strands are coming together in, in this picture of what God is doing in Christ. And that's the third thing I think john is pointing us towards here that god also provides the righteousness we don't want to need he provides the righteousness that we don't want to need with him with this one son i am well pleased the father says That's what we were made to hear and to know and what we forfeited through our first parents and through all our wandering and rebellion and disobedience and sin. We don't do justice like God calls us to. But Jesus isn't baptized for himself. He's baptized for us in our place, to make it possible for us to identify with him and then know that that's what the Father says about us as his children. See, at his baptism, Jesus makes this embodied statement about his mission and his intention to identify with us. Jesus has come not just for sinners, but with sinners. He enters in in a physical way down into the water of baptism that he doesn't need on our behalf. It's a body language statement that says, I am with you. I am for you. Jesus later is going to talk about his death on the cross as his baptism, saying, I have another baptism to undergo. And, and I think we can say, we can draw the connection to say that his water baptism is pointing forwards to that cross baptism, that both were expressions of his being with us in order to save us, in order to, in order to make us righteous, in, in order to provide the righteousness that we need but do not have in ourselves. That goes back to John's call to repentance. It, it's disturbing. It's unnerving. It's unsettling because to repent means I, I'm throwing myself on God's mercy. I, I have nothing to claim. I, I, I have nothing to my credit. It's unsettling because it it's inviting us to bring to the surface all the wrongs, all the sins, all the brokenness, and and it's painful to have to acknowledge before God all our idols of comfort and pleasure and entertainment and self-seeking and success and recognition. It's painful to have to go to someone that you've wronged and acknowledge it and confess it. And there's this part of us that Recoils from that naturally or unnaturally and wants to say, oh, you know, it it wasn't that big of a deal or, yeah, but look at what they did or, yeah, but you never or you always. The Bible says there's only two ways of dealing with sin. Either we will justify it for ourselves. We will excuse it. We will tame it. We will be okay with it. Or we will confess it. And the one way leads to death, and the other way leads to life and freedom. That's what God is inviting us to through John, that God provides a rescue through a repentance that we don't want to need. Repent is, it's not as, you know, this this simple thing of clean up your act, get right. That's not really even what God's getting at. It it primarily means come to the God who is coming to you, who has come near to you. That's why John here is quoting Isaiah 40 back in in verse 3. I'm the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. It's announcing a time, looking forward to to when the Jewish exiles would return back to the land of promise, and, and there's joy, and and God's going before them to settle them in the land again. And, and now, in Matthew's story, John the Baptist is announcing a greater exodus, a greater return from exile, a return from the exile of sin and death and alienation towards God and towards one another. Both these passages in Isaiah 40 and here in Matthew 3 are are saying that there's a hope, there's a reality, there's an invitation to return to the God who is seeking us, who's calling out to us. Repentance is simply acknowledging that I'm on the wrong path. I've I've been going the wrong way. I'm admitting that I can't get there on my own. It's reorienting Everything that I'm doing and everything that my life is about around this new reality, around this announcement, around this person of Jesus. It, it's giving up and saying, I'm, I'm leaving that in order to have this. Uh, my wife and I realized a number of years ago that uh, one of the worst ways to try and have a pleasant evening of playing a game with kids is known as Monopoly. Maybe you can attest to that, right? I don't know if there's ever been a successful game of completed Monopoly where people left happy and enjoying one another. I mean, it's a game of, you know, domination and victory and, you know, revenge and back deals. And, uh, you know, you get to the point if you're like me when you're playing Monopoly and most of your properties are gone, you don't have a Monopoly, and you're just ready to be done, right? And and you kind of want to say, can I just give up? Can I just turn over my cards and declare bankruptcy? You win. And most of the time, the person that's got, you know, four or five monopolies in all the hotels says, no, we're going to play this out to the bitter end. So a call to, you know, declare bankruptcy, to surrender, sounds like bad news if you've got all the monopolies and all the money and the game's going your way. If you're bankrupt, if you know that you're hopeless, then quitting, surrendering, is actually a great thing. It's a freeing thing to do. It's a life-giving thing to do. I don't want to play Monopoly anymore. I want to go have a real life outside of this. And in a sense, that's, that's kind of what John is telling us. We're playing the wrong game. It doesn't even matter who wins at Monopoly. It's, it's all paper money. It's all pretend. And and. Man, we get so wound up and we build our lives around stuff that doesn't even ultimately matter. John is saying, look, in all our Monopoly game life, there is now something here. There is a person who is here who is real and solid and is offering you life. It forces us to change the way that we look at everything. That's the point of John's message. Confess, repent, get ready because the Lord, because Yahweh himself is coming here in the person of his Messiah. And he's bringing life, he's bringing restoration, he's bringing wholeness. Repentance is a beautiful thing then. Do you see, it it brings a sweet release and relief. It's saying the pressure is off. I don't have to worry about all this. It's not about my record. It's not about me being better. It's not about me cleaning up my act. It means an invitation to stop playing games with myself and with God and with others. And it means God is coming to us to bring us home to him and to home to our true selves. That's what God made us for. It is so freeing to declare Moral bankruptcies, spiritual bankruptcies, to surrender, to give it up in a healthy way to the one who actually wants to give you everything, to give you life and freedom and joy and purpose and hope. It is freeing to say, I have come to the point of acknowledging I will never earn enough. I will never succeed enough. I will never parent well enough. I will never get enough recognition. I will never have enough experiences to really give me life. Repentance says, I surrender. I trust Jesus. I give myself to him. I will listen to him. You know, John comes, in a sense, kind of like uh, this, this alarm, this, this warning that, that's also an invitation, though, too. I mean, it would be a lot different story if that tornado really had come through At three in the morning and I wasn't here today because I couldn't be bothered to listen to the alarm and get out of bed God always warns us God calls out to us in good ways for our ultimate good yes it's a warning it's a warning to the proud to the self-righteous to the self-satisfied to to those who are full of themselves but it's an invitation it's a gracious invitation to everyone And the only thing you need to accept it is to be humble and empty and needy and to acknowledge that before God. And at the center of that is this voice of God saying, This is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. That's what you were made to know. And John is saying, look to Jesus because he's the only one that can give that to you. He's the only way that you will ever really know that and live in that and live out of that. Jesus has come to lift up every valley, to humble the high places, to make things straight and true in In this world in our lives in ways that bring life and freedom and joy because he is the messiah he's the anointed one he's the suffering servant he's the king all of it that we need but we don't want to need but needing is the good part that brings us into that life oh embrace the son embrace the son Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that Jesus has come to do what we could never and can never do for ourselves. He is the ruler that we don't want to need, the representative, the righteousness that we need but do not have in ourselves. Open our eyes, open our hearts, our lives to see and treasure Jesus and to follow him. Help us, Lord, to to repent, to turn to Jesus from all the ways that we tend to wander off and build life on our own, to find in him life and love and joy from you that we are your beloved children in whom you delight because of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.